Blog Talk Radio. We have control of our minute, our hour, our day, our week, our month, and our year. Stop running around being on the receiving end of whatever people want to dump on you. You showed up. You accepted that invite. You invited these people to your house. You're in a relationship with that man. You're in a relationship with that woman. That's you. So how do you feel at the end of your night? How easy and how convenient is it for us to blame everything and everybody for the things that we have going on in our lives? There is a such thing as you being a positive and a great person with the best of intentions towards everybody. And shit is rough and you just can't get a break. But most of you, most of you are waking up every day looking for pain, dysfunction, drama, unemployment, being broke, struggling, dropping every excuse in the book about your childhood and the problems and dysfunction that you grew up in. Here's something else. Monday Motivation at noon. I'm your host, Rob Reason. Be motivated to positively prosper. Spirit, soul, and body. What's your way of doing so? Call in, chime in during live broadcast hours from the 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is April 30, 2018. I'm your host, Rob Reason. Brought to you by OneReasonProductions.com on the web. Visit us in by searching for the number, not the word, OneReasonProductions.com. We are Angelina and Rob Reason for Cal. One love to you. Thank you for logging in, checking in, tuning in, listening in, and calling at the times that you do to Reason Talk Radio. One love to you and yours is Motivation Monday. Call in 563-9469. Let's go on Reason Talk Radio with some motivational speakers. Attitude. Here's something else. It's possible you can live your dream. If I can see it, I'll believe it. No, 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 no. If you believe it, you can see it. You might never fail on the scale I did, but some failure in life is inevitable. It is impossible to live without failing at something, unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. You've got to be willing to go into action. Don't wait around for things to be just right. Don't wait for things to be perfect. Don't wait for the ideal situation. It will never be ideal. You think it was easy? No, no. It's simple, but it's not easy. It's possible you can live your dream. It's necessary that you have goals, that you write them down, that you surround yourself with a support team, that you are creative. It's you that you must take personal responsibility to make it happen. George Bernard Shaw said, the people that make it in this world look around for the circumstances that they want and if they can't find them, they create them. It's hard. No easy is not an option. However, ladies and gentlemen, what you will discover is that it's worth it. It's worth it. 
must work on yourself continuously. Never be satisfied with yourself. Always know that as you invest the effort and time on you, that's the greatest ability that human beings have above animals. See, a dog can be anything but a dog. A tree can be anything but a tree. Human being, you've got unlimited potential. You can put effort on you, and by concentrating on you and developing you, you can transform your life wherever you are right now. But you got to put a new mind in you. You got to get out of your mind. You got to begin to restructure your thinking. Every day, you've got to begin to recondition your mind. See, many of us go through life making choices, thinking it's our choices, and it's not. You've got to die as you are now. You've got to be willing to give up who you are now for what you can become. Certain things will no longer fit into your life. And so therefore, as you look at yourself, you've got to have this vision of yourself beyond your circumstances. You want to live life with energy and passion. You're going to get some ideas. You're going to feel your adrenaline flowing, and you're going to think about something, some idea you had. You say, I want to go back, and I'm going to look at that again. And you'll get all kind of creative ideas. So every day you have to sell yourself and get out of your mind those old thoughts, that old belief system. Every day you've got to sell yourself on that it's possible. That you have the vision and never give up. That you become creative and relentless and keep on coming back again and again and again. And that it's you that you've got to take personal responsibility to make it happen. And that it's hard. Easy is not an option. And when life knocks you down, jump back up and say, it's not over until I win. No matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. Say that to yourself every day. The Diseases of Attitude. It's never that pleasant to talk about the negative, but we've got to talk about it because life is part negative. These attitude diseases are like weeds that grow in the garden. It's a normal part of life. Here's a good phrase to note. Negative is normal. It's not successful, but it's normal. It's part of life. And here's the next key, in my opinion. You must learn to handle the negative. Don't ignore it. Handle it. Now, I know some people teach the other way. And listen to them. And listen to me. And then make up your own mind. Right? Don't be a follower. Be a student. But I say, you've got to handle the negative. You don't have to live in it. You don't have to dwell on it. But you do have to handle it, my opinion. I know some people teach, just turn your head real quick and say, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. They'll take your guard. <laughs> so you've got to handle the negative. Here's what part of it is. It's called the great war between good and evil. Mr. Reynolds and I are working on a new book this year called The Great War Between Good and Evil. And there is a war on. The minute you were born, you got involved in the war between good and evil, between darkness and light, between negative and positive, 
between evil and good, between tyranny and democracy, between weeds and human activity. I mean, the war is on. If democracy sleeps, guess who never sleeps? Tyranny. In the absence of light, guess what's automatic? Darkness. If good does not arouse itself and become active, guess what moves in? Evil. It's a war. A mental war, a physical war, a financial war between enterprise and ease, between accomplishment and failure. It's a war. That's why there's an Old Testament phrase that gives the best advice for human activity when it says, six days labor, one day rest. Now, I'm sure we've taken that to mean, don't work all seven days, take one off. Here's what it also means. Only take one off. <laughs> or you're liable to lose the war. Now, we've got it down to five and two, and maybe that's not too dangerous. I don't know. If God would have thought of five and two, he might have made it five and two. I don't know. You can't think of everything. But here's what it does mean. Enterprise is better than ease. If you rest too long, the jungle overtakes the village. Now, here's the good news about the war between good and evil. Evil is no match for good, but good must be active. Weeds are no match for human activity. But if you stand still, how far in will they come? All the way. They'll grow right up around your shoes. <laughs> but if you get busy, how far back can you take them? As far as you wish. They're no match, but you must be active. That's why the six and one. Make sure you're not losing the war by taking off too much. Guess what the average years are after retirement? Six. Six. Which means don't retire. <laughs> Your chances are too slim. Okay. The war between good and evil, the weeds. You've got to make sure you recognize the negative, handle it, deal with it, and then go on. Let's make a list of the diseases of attitude that can wreck all your chances to do well. One of the words that destroys everything is called neglect. Neglect. And I found this out. A week of neglect could cost you a year of repair. It isn't worth it. So what to be on the lookout for? Here's the list. If you were making it, you'd have the same list I've got. Right? We're not covering anything new tonight. This is a reminding session, not a teaching session. But it doesn't hurt to go over it again. Here's the list. Attitude diseases. Number one is indifference. The shrug of the shoulder. The guy's not even concerned. He's just drifting. This is called the mild approach to life. A disease known as mildness. The guy says, well, I can't see getting all that worked up. Well, to be any kind of winner, you've got to get worked up. There's one problem with drift. You cannot drift to the top of the mountain. 
And the good Lord said in the closing chapters of the Bible, here's the best way to live, one way or the other. That's best. Hot or what's next best? Cold is next best to hot. Not the half-baked middle, lukewarm, not too hot, not too cold. What a sad way to live. I think what it means is pick a direction and go with everything you've got. Just pick one and go. Somebody says, yeah, but what if it's the wrong direction? You'll find out quicker. <laughs> it won't take you 25 years to wake up and say, oh, no, I've been walking the wrong road. I told my staff the other day, next best to prosperity is adversity. If one doesn't get you, pray for the other. We all do better from one of two reasons, inspiration or desperation. And I don't wish anything bad on you tonight, but if you're not inspired, I hope a wagon comes down your rut. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get you to try harder, read more, set your goals and go for it. Somebody asked me one time, what quality would I pick if I wanted to work with somebody? And you know what I picked first, number one, strong feelings. Please, number one, give me somebody that feels strong. About most anything, I don't even care. Just so they believe it. Even if they disagree with me. Wonderful. Just so they disagree vigorously. I'm not saying it's easy to win those kind of people to your point of view, but I'd rather do that than to try to resurrect people from the dead. Pump them up every month. Pump them up. Pump them up. I pass. The good Lord needs a leader for the early Christians. Remember the early days of the Christians? Not like today. If you were to stand up in the early days and say, I'm a Christian, cut off your head. Toss you and your wife in jail, let you rot. I mean, those were ugly days. Being a Christian back then was not called socially acceptable. They didn't have 125,000 in the Los Angeles Coliseum to hear Billy Graham on a Sunday afternoon. Not back in those days. Back in those days when the Christians got in the Coliseum, it was a different story, right? I mean, the word was, stay out of the Coliseum, especially on Sunday. Last Sunday was Lions 33, Christians nothing. See, those were mean, tough, struggle days for the Christians. Now, when the days are mean and tough and struggling, you've got to have some kind of leader. Do you know who the good Lord picked for the leader when the days were mean and ugly? Saul from Tarsus. That's who he picked, Saul. I'll tell you what, I would have picked him. You would have picked him. Anybody would have picked Saul. Saul was one of those incredible guys. Once he got into something, look out. Everybody in the community knew what Saul was in. Because whatever he joined, he'd flip all the switches, open up all the dials, turn on all the faucets, and go like mad. He was known as All Out Saul. I mean, he was something else. Now, at first, it wasn't working out well. Saul hated Christians, which makes a poor leader, right? I mean, that won't work. Saul got this bug somewhere about the Christians. He got to hating Christians. And he hated them so bad, every time somebody would say Christian, he'd fly into a rage. And I guess he decided one life, or one day, it was his mission in life to get rid of all the Christians. He was Saul anyhow, could do most anything he wanted to. 
So he got him these letters of authority to go around to the various communities and hunt down the Christians. They said, do whatever you want to with them, Saul, they're unpopular anyhow. Drag them in the streets, whip them, stone them, torture them, kill them. You mentioned the name Saul from Tarsus to the early Christians. I'll tell you what they would do. They would run, hide, lock the doors, leave town, dive underground. I've been in the catacombs of Rome where they hid. He was mean. I mean terribly mean. But remember the story? One day Saul's making it for Damascus. Heard about some new Christians, flies into a rage, takes off for Damascus. And the story is that he was angry. There's a little sentence in the story that says, on his way to Damascus, he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter, which meant he felt rather strong about the idea, right? <laughs> That's strong. That's strong. But on this journey, right, according to the story, as Saul was making his way to Damascus, the good Lord looks down out of heaven and says, there's my man, Saul. He's got to be something else. And according to the story, this great light shines out of heaven, knocks him flat, right off his horse, grinds his face in the dirt, and blinds him for three days. The good Lord using recruiting tools we can't use. But <laughs> <laughs> when you're Lord, right? <laughs> to make a long story short, Saul from Tarsus becomes converted to Christianity. He becomes Paul the great leader, the apostle. And without a doubt, the good Lord got him a dandy. One, he didn't have to pump up every month. <laughs> In one of his later writings, he said, the things I once hated, I now love. The things I once loved, I now hate. See, that's strong. Here's the key to the good life. Learn to put everything you've got into everything you do. Whatever you are doing, pour it on. It will quickly open up into opportunity or quickly di disclose to you that you ought to be doing something else. The delusion is, if I had a better job, I'd really pour it on. See, that's delusion. Wherever you are, pour it on. Don't give somebody half a job for a day's pay. Pour it on. See, that'll help change your life. Get rid of this disease. Here's the next attitude disease, indecision. Mental paralysis. The guy can't make up his mind and it becomes a disease. Pretty soon he knows he's got it. The guy says, well, I know I'm on the fence. But he says, what if I get off on the wrong side? Listen, after a while it doesn't matter. Just get off. Any side will do. A life full of adventure is a life full of many decisions. The ones that turn out to be wrong give you better experience to make better decisions. So don't see how many decisions you can get out of, see how many you can get into. That's where the adventure is. So shake off this disease, indecision. The next one is doubt. Doubt's like a plague. And one of the worst is self-doubt. There are many, but that's one of the worst. The guy doubts himself. Doubts if it'll last that long for him. Doubts if he can do that well. Doubts if he can make that much. Doubts if he can accomplish all that. A chronic, excellent self-doubter. You can imagine what damage that does to your future. So here's the key. Turn this coin over and become a believer. And there's many things to believe in. One of the majors is yourself. The understanding of self-worth is the beginning of progress. 
Now, if those three don't get you, this one will. Worry. That's a devastating disease. Worry. Worry causes health problems, social problems, personal problems, family problems. It's devastating. Worry long enough, it'll drop you to your knees. Could reduce you to begging. I know how bad this one is. I used to have it bad. I used to be known as a super worrier. Not a super warrior. No super warrior. My family wished I'd have been a warrior. I got those years to make up for. But I'll tell you what. My advice to you is do what I finally did on worry. Give it up. Who needs it? I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's worth it. It took me almost one year to kick the worry habit, and it was not an easy year. It was one of the toughest years I ever spent, but I finally got that monkey off my back. And I discovered you could live the most incredible life free of worry. Not free of challenge, not free of difficulty, free of worry. I learned how to do it, and you can. Here's the next attitude disease. Over-caution. Some people never will have much. They're too cautious. Now, you can also be too reckless, but you can also be too cautious. This is called the timid approach to life. And my caution was always the risk. Risk used to drive me right up the wall. I used to say, what if this happens? It's called the language of the poor. What if this happens? And on top of that, if this was to happen, look at the fix I'd be in. I better not try. I could always ace myself out. Then I'll tell you what changed my whole life when I finally discovered it's all risky. The minute you were born, it got risky. If you think trying is risky, wait till they hand you the bill for not trying. If you think investing is risky, wait till you get the tab for not investing. See, it's all risky. Getting married is risky. Having children is risky. Going into business is risky. Investing your money is risky. It's all risky. I'll tell you how risky life is. You're not going to get out alive. <laughs> That's risky. The Englishman says, well, if that's the way it's going to work out, let's give it a go. Right, that's what it's for. Give it a go. Somebody says, yeah, but I'm looking for safety and security. Fine, then huddle in a corner. We'll cover you with a sheet, bring you three meals a day. And we'll protect you, feed you, look after you, care for you. We won't let anything happen to you. And you'll probably live to be 100. The guy said, well, yeah, I'd live to be 100. But what a way to live. Right. What a way to live safe and secure. Don't ask for security. Ask for adventure. Better to live 30 years full of adventure than 100 years safe in the corners. And see, it's not important how long you live. What's important is how you live. Here's the next attitude disease. We're almost through with this motley list. In fact, we're almost through. Hang on. The next one is pessimism. 
Pessimism, the deadly disease of always looking on the bad side, the problem side, the difficult side, checking all the reasons why it can't be done. The poor pessimist leads an ugly life. He doesn't try to figure out what's right. He tries to figure out what's wrong. He doesn't look for virtue. He looks for fault. And when he finds them, he's delighted. How ugly. This is the poor guy looks through the window, doesn't see the sunset. He sees the specks on the window. <laughs> and this is the poor guy, right, who rushes up, takes such leave of his senses. This guy rushes up and he says, I've got five good reasons why it won't work. He's so dumb, he doesn't know. All he needs one. He's got five. <laughs> to the pessimist, the glass is always half empty. To the optimist, the glass is half full. Why would the same measure affect people two different ways? Answer, it all depends on how you look at it. Our lives are mostly affected by the way we think things are, not the way they are. The way we think they are affects us most. There's a subject we don't have time to get into tonight called better thinking habits. One of the major things Shope taught me when I met him, he said, poor thinking habits keeps most people poor. Not poor working habits. Most people work hard, but they don't think hard. And Shope taught me that the mind is like a factory, a mental factory. And whatever you think about all day long pours ingredients into this mental factory. And that's what builds the economic, social, financial fabric of your life. He quoted me a Bible phrase that says, As you think, so you become. How awesome. When he talked about poor thinking habits, he had me. I used to start the day reading the morning newspaper. I mean, you can believe that or not. I'd get a cup of coffee and read the paper. I'd load up on wars and riots and murders and stabbings and killings and bank robberies and muggings and car wrecks and tragedies. I'd even read the back pages. I seemed to like that stuff for some weird reason. I'd load up on all that and then I'd start the day. You can imagine the kind of days I used to have. You walk around on your financial knees. They call you economic peewee. <laughs> the guy says, I want to be a great leader. Wonderful. The first thing we do is follow him to his house. When we get there, we walk in and check his library. Number one. Somebody says, well, why check his library? The reason is because what a man reads pours massive ingredients into his mental factory, and the fabric of his life is built from those ingredients. You would not believe what some people have got in their house to read. You would not believe. One of the best dressed up words I know for a lot of it is trash. Can you imagine dumping a barrel of trash into this mental factory every day and coming out with a rich, dynamic, positive life? It can't be done. You might as well try making a cake with cement. The kids back in Danbury, Connecticut, high school, they're asking me questions one day. I'm 
talking to the kids. Kids got good questions these days. One of them said to me, Mr. Rohn, how do you build the good life? I said, it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Here's how you build anything. Select the right ingredient, keep out the wrong ingredients, and it starts with thought. Everything starts with thought. So you must be wise and careful what you think about because that starts everything. You got to be wise and careful. I asked the kids, what would happen if somebody dropped sugar in my coffee? They said, will you be okay? I said, what if somebody dropped strychnine in my coffee? They said, well, you'd be dead. I said, correct. Lesson one, life is both sugar and strychnine. You gotta be careful. I said, what if my worst enemy drops in the sugar? They said, will you be okay? I said, what if my best friend, even by accident, drops in the strychnine? They said, well, you'd be dead. I said, correct. Lesson two, watch your coffee. <laughs> you gotta be careful. See, it doesn't matter who hands you the bad stuff. It doesn't matter where you get the bad stuff. It'll still do its damage on your bank account. Wherever you get it. Mr. Schoff gave me one of the greatest phrases when I first met him when he said, Jim, every day stand guard at the door of your mind. How important. Stand guard at the door of your mind. And you decide what goes into your mental factory. Don't let anybody just dump anything they want to in your mental factory because you've got to live with the results. Okay, here's the last disease and we're through with this list. In fact, we're almost through. Hang on. The last subject is very brief. The last disease, but this one is deadly. Engage in this one, indulge in it even slightly and you might as well forget the future because it's going to forget you. Complaining, crying, whining, griping, a Bible word called murmuring. See, that'll ace your future. Spend five minutes complaining and you have wasted five. And you may have begun what's known as economic cancer of the bone. Surely they will soon haul you off into a financial desert and there let you choke on the dust of your own regret. I hope I said that well, so you won't forget. It's a deadly disease. If you don't think it's bad, ask the children of Israel of Old Testament fame. Typical of us all, their story just happened to get in the book. Story says, children of Israel were slaves. God performed a series of dazzling miracles and got them out. And now they're heading for the promised land. Remember the story? Heading for the promised land. Tragedy of the story, they never got there. Reason. From day one, they started to complain. They griped about the water. They griped about the weather. They whined and cried and griped about the food. They griped about the leadership. 
They whined and cried because it was too far, too cold, too hot, too difficult, too miserable. I mean, they whined and, whined and cried for years. Finally, God said, I've had it, trip canceled. <laughs> or something like that. The story says, they died in the desert, never got to the promised land which I think means two things. Indulge in this long enough, you get your future canceled. And I guess it also means even God himself can only take so much. You're right. there. Brief moments of silence for those that are less fortunate than we are around the world today. Thank you for logging in, checking in. Tuning in, listening in, and calling in to Reason Talk Radio the dates and times that you do. Thank you for your love and support. This is Motivation Monday. Monday Motivation at noon till 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Got a little more than an hour to go. I'm the host, Rob Reason. To call in and share how uh, you do it or what's your way of doing so uh, by being motivated in any given day. Um, especially on Monday since uh, we've changed from and uh, moved up and grown from Moody Mondays to uh, Motivation Mondays. So be motivated to positively prosper spirit, soul, and body. So what's your way of doing so? Share online with us on air, live during live broadcast. The number to chime in is 563-999-3469. Once again, 563-999-3469. We are Angelia and Rob, the reason of Northern California. Please visit us on the web at onereasonproductions.com. Use the number, not the word. Onereasonproductions.com is April 30th, 2018. Here we go at Reason Talk Radio. Here's some Eric Thomas motivational speakers. Let's go. Very careful. Can I say this? They sell cars. They sell homes. You can get those. We're wired differently. We have to set a goal that if we hit that goal, we're guaranteed to make sure all that other stuff in the middle is going to happen. All right? So I need you to do me a huge favor. I, I, I need you, your appetite. So, E.T., why 3 o'clock in the morning? Why don't you sleep? My appetite. My appetite. I say, E.T., I want more. I can do more. If I accomplish this, Without a father, Would I, if I accomplish this with my mom being a teenage mom, if I accomplish this as a high school dropout, now that I have people like Glenn in my life, now that I have people like Bob Proctor in my life, now that I have people like John Maxwell in my life, what can I accomplish now? If I can accomplish these things from this start, now that I'm at this place, knowing what I know now, what can I accomplish? And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about more than just what you're going to do financially, more than what you're going to do in this industry in the next three years, right? More than that. I ask you the question, what's your appetite? What are you, what are you going to do that will in, ensure that when the alarm clock goes off, that you are already up 10, 20 minutes before your alarm clock goes off? Why? You've heard me say it before. No alarm clock needed. My passion wakes me up. Listen to me. No alarm clock needed. When Glenn said 6 o'clock, I don't know how it happened. Jet lag and all. Went to sleep about 3 and the body just boom. 5.40, woke me up. Hey, guys, time to get up. We got to go to lobby at 6 o'clock. 9 o'clock a.m. call. 11 o'clock our time. I don't know what happened, but boom, 
five minutes before 11, the body woke me up. No alarm. I haven't used an alarm clock in over 20 years. What is it? Internally, Eric, I want to be successful. I want to execute. I want to make all my dreams become a reality. I want to do everything I've said I'm going to do. So my appetite increases. It gets stronger every year. I want more every year. I want to do more every year. I want to help more every year. I want to be bolder. I want to be better. I want to be stronger every single year. Every single year, your appetite should go up. You should never get settled. You should never get settled. You should never get content every single year told you I've been married for 24 years. So you think after 24 years, E.T. could just go to Australia, right, and just chill. Nope. Nope. I'm asking my wife, what are you wearing before I leave? Because I want to iron your clothes for the 11 days when I leave. What are you wearing? I call my son. I need you to make sure the meal prep. I need to make sure the bed is clean. I need everything I do, son, I need you to do it. And I'll give you a couple, I'll wire you a couple dollars son, just take a picture of it and I'll wire you. Why? Because when you get content, when you settle, somebody's chasing you, somebody's coming from behind and somebody's trying to take your spot. And so every single day when you wake up, you got to set new goals, new benchmarks. You got to raise it higher and higher and higher so you can make your dreams become a reality. All right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Listen to me. A true hunter, watch me, watch me. A true hunter is wired differently. He's wired differently. Doesn't have the same makeup. Listen to me. What makes a gazelle a gazelle is how he's wired. What makes a lion a lion? Okay, let me explain to you. When a lion sees a gazelle and a gazelle sees the lion, both beasts see each other at the exact same time. When the gazelle sees the lion because of how he's wired, he automatically fear takes over. When the lion sees the gazelle, he lights up. It's showtime. The hunt is on. This is what I was made for. <laughs> and if you've ever studied a lion in his natural environment, watch this, guys. If an animal is wounded, the lion won't even do what? Won't attack. The lion will only attack if it's a real, if it's healthy and it's running. It's like, all right, bet. Here we go now, all right? If a lion's like, oh, the gazelle's like, oh. The lion's like, I'll let him go. It's no fun in that. He's already dead. Right? For real, there's some of you, there are opportunities that you're like, it's too difficult. It's too hard. Nobody can do it. You're not wired properly. A lion welcomes the challenge. As a matter of fact, they don't get excited unless it is a challenge. They're wired differently. The gazelle immediately, when the gazelle immediately sees the lion, the first thing it thinks about is, let's go. First thing the lion does is like, let's eat. So you got to do me a huge favor. If you're going to get to a certain level, you got to welcome it. So, so everybody's like, E.T., man, you're just so positive. Everything in your life, man, you just, you just got it going on. I'm a real lion. And with a real lion, you'll never know. You'll never know what's going on in my life because I'm a lion. And under every single circumstance, I'm a lion. So I lost five aunts to cancer in the last six years. I lost two last year. Lion, still TGIM, still. You never, say, you never saw it. This is a special service announcement from Eric Thomas and ETA. My aunts have died, therefore we'll be taking a six-month hiatus from TGIM. No, actually, my aunt's death made me go and do TGIM like I never did it before. Most of you heard the mixtape. 
not over, not even a year ago, went to the doctor's office with my wife. Look, guys, you always know something's wrong when the doctor, when it takes your physician like 45 minutes to 50 to come in, like something doesn't take that long. Physician comes in, puts up the x-ray, shows my wife, points to the brain, and said, we found seven legions on your brain. I'm a lion. My wife looked at the doctor. The doctor looked at my wife. My wife looked at me. I'm like, I don't have, I don't have seven legions on my brain. Why is my wife looking at me? Because she's like, you a lion. And you're going to be able to tell me if I can get through this or not. And so my wife looks at me. I'll be honest with you guys. When they first told us she had seven legions on the brain, she didn't break a, she didn't break a sweat. But then they said, you have to stop working until we find out what it is. And she said, how long? I said, three months, six months. She thought, oh, i got to stop working because she's a, she's a beast. So the disease didn't bother her, but the fact that you can't hunt anymore, that bothered her. So my wife looks at me and says, "What kind?" no words, but she kind of looks at me like, okay, this is terrible. We've been together since we were 16. You've helped me to get out of everything. What now? I said, we can, we will, we must. We got a son graduating from college. You need to be there. We got a daughter that's going to finish high school in two years. You need to be there. You can get through this. Oh, I'm wired differently. I didn't start crying. I didn't say, why me? Why my wife? I'm doing good to the world. I'm not hurting anybody. Why me? I'm wired differently. We, a t-shirt came from it. <laughs> a video came from it that has over a million hits that inspired people called what? I can. I will. I must. Turn it into a t-shirt. We turn tragedy into triumph. We turn try. That's what lions do. Lions don't cry. Lions don't give up. Lions don't quit. Lions hunt. That's what we do for a living. And if you are a true lion, it does not make a difference what the circumstances is. So what? We're in a recession. We made more money in the recession than we've ever made before. As a matter of fact, it was the recession that birthed us. We welcome the recession. Oh, y'all need a motivator now more than you've ever needed one before. <laughs> it's a recession. Guess what? It's showtime. This is where my gift is needed the most. The, ch- the world is in a, in a fix. I got it. Listen to me very closely. If you're going to walk three years, Glenn said it, three years, that dream that you have, that money that you want, if you're going to make it happen, you're going to have to be wired differently. It's only one other cat from Detroit that made it out. We both went to college in Huntsville, Alabama. He still lives there. But out of the 20 guys that used to run together, only two of us made it out of the city, and only one of us are doing big things. Now listen to me. A lot of people you meet in life will talk it. A lot of people talk about what they want to do and how they want to get four points. And I laugh because when we do AOP or when we do open house and the students come from Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, and we say, you know, what kind of grades? Everybody and their mama write a 4.0. I ain't never seen a student write, I'm going to get a 2.0. And math. Everybody do the 3, 5, 4.0. But the reality is, at the end of the first semester, when we get the grades back, very few kids get 4.0s. Very few get 3.5s. I never see anybody write, I'm going to get in math 103 a 1.0. But yet at the end of the semester, midterm, when I'm doing midterm eval, I'm seeing like 1.0s. One fives, zeros. I got a couple people coming in, 18, 25, zeros. I'm like, I don't remember nobody putting zero down. So you need to understand before I talk about this, 
You need to understand that what I'm about to tell you to do, I did it. I lived it. So if you want to make six figures, you can't just be talking about you want to make six figures. You hear what I'm saying to you tonight? If you do the three things I tell you to do tonight, I guarantee you, whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. Now let's get away from money. I got to get deep with you. Let's get away from money. Nobody in my family has ever really been married. They don't do the married thing. Right? Can you hear what I'm saying? Somebody can attest to that. Raise your hand. If your family don't do the married thing, raise your hand. People in your family, they don't do the married thing. Now watch this. I've been married happily for 14 years, and I've been married for 16. All right? So I only had two rough years. But in order to get to 16, let me tell you something. My marriage is so, man, I'm telling you, it's so butter tight. I was, see, I might not, they might not be mature for this or not. But last night, I was, me and my wife was slow dancing about 8 o'clock at night to Luther. That's where my relationship is. It's the middle of the day. People don't do that during the middle of the week. They might do it on the weekend. We slow dancing on Monday. I ain't even watching Monday Night Football. I don't even care nothing about Monday Night Football. Because I'm with Luther. Dance with my father. <laughs> my family, they don't do the marriage thing. But I vowed when I was a teenager that not only am I going to get married, I'm only marrying one person for the rest of my life. But I'm telling you, in order to do that, you got to go deep. You just can't live no, a normal life and get to that level. So three things real quick I'm going to share with you. Now, DeAndre told you last week that you should be writing stuff down. Don't come here if you're not going to write it down because it don't make sense. You get some free stuff from the both of us that people pay thousands of dollars for. C will tell you. I've gone to L.A. this summer, and for two days, they gave me 15 grand. That was only for consulting. That wasn't for speaking. When I walked away from L.A., I walked away with 20 grand. How many people you know make 20 G's in two days? That's like $10,000 a day. And tell, was I working hard? No, I wasn't working hard. Why? Because I got the secret right here. I found out that <laughs> I shouldn't even be giving it to you tonight for free. Oh, he was working hard. He right, but I gave him a little check. He got a little check. All right, he'll get a bigger one next year. All right, but three things. I'm about to tell you these three things. This is not about Eric Thomas. Listen to me. These are principles that have stood the test of time. Principles that have stood the test of time. And if you do what I'm about to tell you right now, you will be able to accomplish whatever you want to academically, financially, relationally, whatever. So three things. All right, now I'm going to tell you this story. I got to get out of here. The first one is, when I first said I wanted to make six figures, my boy Marcus Flowers, who's probably making seven figures right now, he came to L.A. too. He was with us in L.A. You see all the videos with all the stars? Those are his cars they're driving around in. You see the houses that the rappers, those are his houses in Atlanta that he owns, and they come in and play on so he's making seven. He taught me how to make money. This is the first thing he came. He told me a story. And the story is about, you guys have probably heard about this before. It was, a, it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money. And so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. He liked the beach. I said, I want to make money. I don't want to swim. Guru said, if you want to make money, I'll meet you tomorrow, 4 a.m. So the young man got there at 4 a.m. He all ready to rock and roll, got on the suit. He should have wore shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. 
So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. Adrian, he's like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me. In. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area, the shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he's crazy. He said, come on out a little further. He came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, holding him down. My man getting scratched holding him down. I got you. I know you brushed it out, but I got you. He had him held down. I need you for an illustration. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answered the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? Lee, I'm looking for a different word, though, than lip. What's that word? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it badder than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. You've got to be willing to work off for three hours of sleep, two hours. If you really want to be successful, some days you're going to have to stay up three days in a row. Because if you go to sleep, you might miss the opportunity to be successful. That's how bad you got to want it. You got to go days without, listen to me, you got to want to be successful so bad that you forget to eat. Beyonce said once she was on the set doing her thing, three days had gone by, she forgot she didn't eat. Because she was engaged. i never forget uh, when 50 Cent was doing his movie, I did a little research on 50, and 50 said that when he wasn't doing the movie, he was doing the soundtrack. And they said, when do you sleep, 50? Sleep, he said, sleep. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I don't sleep. He said, I got an opportunity to make a dream become a reality. Football players, how many football players? Got anybody like football in here? Raise your hand. Anybody like football? Emmitt Smith. I used to be a Cowboy fan before they did my boy Tom Landry wrong. I used to be a Cowboy fan. And watch this, there was a commercial. Emmitt Smith had won his first Super Bowl, and he had this commercial when he was lifting weights. I don't know if you saw the commercial when he was lifting, and he said, he said, Emmitt said, you know what? I won the Super Bowl so I can rest now. He, had, he was doing his bench press. So he said, I won the Super Bowl so I can rest now. So he throws up about 325, boom. And he rests for about two seconds. Then he, boom, boom, boom. 
already won a Super Bowl. He said, I think I'm going to take a rest, and he rests for how long? One second. Most of you won't be successful because when you're studying and you get tired, you quit. And I'm here to tell you today, if you got a, somebody came to my office the other day crying, I said, look, don't cry to give up. Cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain. You already hurt. Get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep. Until you succeed, listen to me. I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money, but listen to me, you'll never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. You won't be successful until you say, I don't need that money, because I got it in here. So listen to me, Emmett Smith said this at the end of the commercial. Emmett Smith said, all men are created equal, some work harder in free season. I'm going to say it again because you might have missed it. All men are created equal. Some work harder in preseason. So that means that there are some people who are going to see the professor, going to see the TA. And even when the professor says, I don't meet with you, my TA meets with you, you say, I don't want to talk to your TA. That's what it is. I don't pay the TA. I pay you to teach me. So you're going to have to find some time to meet me. If I got to meet you at the mall, if I got to meet you at your house, you are going to see me. Listen to me. All men are created equal. Some work hard in preseason. When I went to college, guys were way smarter than me. 4.0s, 3.0s. They went to the Ivy League high schools, came to Oakwood from these great high schools. Most of them are not doing what I'm doing. Why? Because it's not about where you come from. It's about heart. You come to a place where, you know, being smart ain't enough. you got to have heart. That's number one. Watch number two. Number two. Catch number two. I wrote it down. I wanted to make sure you got it. It says... To be, watch this, watch this. We're talking about sacrifice now. The important thing is this. You're writing while I'm saying it, because I only have about three more minutes. Listen to me. The most important thing is this. To be able at any moment to sacrifice what you are for what you will become. That's the number two thing. You got to catch that one. To be able to, listen to me, at any moment... Some of you, you can make sacrifices when Monday Night Football is not on. You can make a sacrifice. But when the game come on, for some reason, you just attach to it. For some of you, when your favorite show come on, you, you, can, be, you can make sacrifices on Sunday when there ain't nothing going on. But when your favorite show comes on Monday, bam, some of you, you focus into the phone ring. And then you're like, I got to answer it. If I don't answer the phone, I'm going to die. I'm saying to you today that there are some of you, if you give up your cell phone, you would be successful. But your cell phone is more important to you than your success. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to hurt somebody. Some of you need to give up your cell phone because the time you spend on your cell phone could be used for your success. The time you could be using to be successful, you're using on the cell. And the cell phone is not bringing you nothing but a bill. And somebody has told you you couldn't live without it. I'm talking about going deep now, giving up stuff. Watch what it says. To be able at any moment to sacrifice what we are for what we could be. I don't do well in math. You're right. You ain't never studied. I'm not good in writing because you have never written before. But I dare you to fail in writing for a whole year to see if you can get to the end. I dare you to fail. I dare you to take that same class over and over again. I dare you to stop dropping classes like you soft. 
always want to give up. I'm dropping. Why are you dropping? I'm so grateful that the slaves didn't drop and quit. Say, I'm just going to stop. I'm a slave. I'm just going to be a slave. I'm going to quit. Listen to me. The slaves said we will live because one day we will become. We won't always be slaves. So today, although we're slaves, we're going to act like we're free, and one day our children will be free. If the slaves would have just said, we quit, we give up, we would have died in the middle passage. But some slaves said, I don't care what we go through, we're going to survive this. 400 years of slavery, we're going to get through this. And you can't get through it. 1825? You can't get through a writing class, and you got tutor after tutor, resource after resource. The problem is, you ain't never felt no pain before. You're soft. It's a soft generation. You quit on everything. Our people did not quit. Harriet Tubman not only made it, she went back and got some more. She said, you know what, I made it, but I'm, I'm going to walk all the Listen to me, shh, not ride the bus. I'm going to walk all the way back down to the south to get some more. And you quit, no, 1825? Now watch this. You quit after you, listen to me, you get a sleeping bag and you wait for him. You wait for the first WRA instructor to come in and you come out your sleeping bag, I need help. You quit after you do that. You quit after you had, listen to me, a, a WRA party. I'm, I'm having a party. Everybody come over. I got food everything. And let them get over there. Let it be all the best writers. All right, I fooled y'all. I want to have a writing party. I'm serious. You quit and you ain't even tried yet. Last one. I'm sorry. Last one. Listen to me. Pain is temporary. It may last for a minute or an hour or a day or even a year. But eventually, it will subside, and something else will take its place. If I quit, however, it will last forever. Listen to me. I'm telling you as I leave, telling you as I leave, I was homeless for two and a half years. And the problem with most of you, you never felt no pain before. Y'all spoiled. Y'all spoiled. Some of y'all spoiled. Just bottom line. Your parents have done everything for you. You never had to do nothing for yourself. You're spoiled. We're going to keep it real tonight. Some of you are spoiled brats. Every time you ever got in trouble, somebody in your house got you out of it. Every time you've done something you're not supposed to do, people say, Eric, your mother's a tyrant. You're right. She kicked me out. You're right. She's mean, but she developed a man because she put me out there and said, you're going to have to grow up. And some of you have never learned to grow up. And so every time something get hard, you quit, you call mama. I dare you to take a little pain. I dare you. I dare you not to go home. Somebody said, I don't go home, I feel bad. Go, go through it. You ain't going to die at the end of pain and success. You're not going to die because you're feeling a little pain. I'm not eating like I eat at home. That's why you're about to go through the next level, because if you keep eating like you ate at home, you'll keep being a boy or a girl. It's time to become man, woman. So don't, don't worry about a little pain. My greatest asset is I was homeless. So I can't feel a whole lot of pain. I've already been alone. There's not a whole lot. Of, it's not, not a whole lot of hurt I can feel on a little paper, on a little test. So I leave you. I leave you. Listen to me. We have gotten to a point where it's midterms and we're moving forward. The days of you getting money. I'm not saying we're quitting, but I'm saying the day has got to go from external to internal. 
You have to give it everything you got. No more TV, no more parties, no more playing. If you don't have a 4.0, what you need to be doing is studying. Get off the phone. I, I, I'm sorry I'm not available until the end of this year. <laughs> no, I'm for real. You've reached the right number, but you called me at the wrong time. Call me back January 1st. <laughs> I'm about to get busy now. Huh? I want you to have a countdown of your own and say when the countdown is over, we're the real, shh, watch me, because when I was homeless, I knew something was wrong. I knew that wasn't the best of me. And one day I said, will the real Eric Thomas please stand up? Will the real Eric Thomas please stand up? Stop being this high school dropout. Stop giving up. Stop sleeping on the street. Stop walking up and down Finkel Avenue like you ain't got nothing and get your GED. Stop being afraid to take a test. Stop being afraid to go to college because your daddy didn't go and your mama didn't go. Stop being afraid and be the best Eric Thomas you can be. But listen to me, it's going to be hard. It took me 12 years to get a four-year degree, but I got it. And guess what? On a degree, it don't have dates. So if it took you four and it took me 12, it don't show up nowhere. But I'm exactly where I wanted to be because I realized I got to commit my very being to this thing. I got I to gotta breathe it, I got to eat it, I got to sleep it. And until you get there, you'll never be successful in life. But once you get there, I guarantee you, the world is yours. So work hard, and you can have whatever it is you want. You will not quit in the universe. You will keep going in your business. You may lose, but you will not stop. You will not quit. You will keep going. I also told my wife, you will, this, this, this disease will not defeat us. This disease will not break us. It will make us better. And everybody that knows my family knows that we took a chronic illness and we took our family to a whole other level. We took a chronic illness and we took our marriage to another level. We took a chronic illness and we beat it. And we will continue to beat it until we destroy it, until we annihilate it, until she no longer has it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You cannot stop. You cannot quit. I remember we came home from the hospital. The doctor gave her a long needle like that. I said, how, how long does she have to do it? She said she has to do it every day. I said, okay, every day for how long? She said, every day for the rest of her life. I said, I will not accept that. There are things in your life that you are accepting because somebody told you you had to accept it. I don't care if you're a doctor or not. I will not accept that. We will not, we will not shoot her with with. with we will not give her a shot with that needle every single day for the rest of her life. Three months later, I got a call that says that now it's a little shorter and you only have to do it three times a week as opposed to every day. Guess what I told him? I said, I'm grateful, but I still won't accept that. You think that because it's only three, I will be excited. I will not accept it. Stop accepting everything. Stop letting people tell you what you can and cannot do. I will not accept it. I don't care if you're a doctor. I will not accept it. So we kept doing our homework and we found out about a pill that you can take. I was like, that's what we need. We need the pill. And I found out the pill shrinks the legions on your brain. I went to the doctor. She said, I would have told you about it, but um, I don't think your insurance company is going to be willing to pay for it. It's $10,000 a month, $120,000 a year. Insurance company denied. My wife went back the second time, they denied. I told my wife, stop begging. I'm 120. Do I give you $10,000 a month or do I give you $120,000 now to get it for the year? 
will not, I will not let my wife, whatever it takes, I will not let her take the, I will give 120, I will speak more, I will get better, I will get degrees, I will get training, I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> I will put your health first and you will not be defeated, you will not be destroyed, you will not use a cane, you will not be in a wheelchair, we will be this. Some of you in this room, you are not able to activate your greatness because every time a trial or a tribulation comes, you fall. You give up. Everybody, every time somebody calls you and tells you you can't do it, you take it personal. Every time somebody tells you you don't have what it takes, you embrace it. And now you've got to stand up to it. I've never been one time with my wife. I never felt discouraged. I never felt that it wasn't possible. My wife told me just a couple days ago. She said, today I feel like I felt before I got MS. She had a weekend where she felt great. And I told her, it's for a weekend today. Soon it will be for the rest of your life. We will not break. We will not retreat. We will not give up. We will activate our greatness. And we will know what is right to live the 120. Say, I will live the 120. Come on. I will live the 120. Come on. I will live the 120. Come on. I will live the 120. And if you make up in your mind you're going to live the 120, I went from being homeless, eating out of trash cans, traveling first class, $100,000 in engagement, back at home, every star. NBA, NFL, whatever. I consult them. I went from being a high school dropout lot because I said I'm gonna get 120. I need you guys to be 124. All right, last one. All right, so most of you may know this guy, Michael Jordan. This is this is so important. All right, because there are three types of people. They're average. They're good. They're great. Now the average didn't have to activate anything to be average. Average just it comes with the body. When you're born, average just comes as a part of the package. Right? Everybody starts there, average. Then you go from average, you activate good, and then you activate great. And Michael Jordan was considered one of the greatest NBA players that ever played the game. Why? Because he had more championships than anybody in this particular era. Great. Great. Great is like, okay, i got to put this in perspective for you. Because Michael Jordan has six. This is critical. Kobe Bryant has five. There's another guy, Tim Duncan, who has five. Magic Johnson has five. Listen to me. He has, I just told you he's the great, he's considered the greatest player that ever played basketball. This guy has six championships. I just told you. Magic has five. Kobe has five. Tim Duncan has five. And nobody's saying they're the greatest player that ever played the game. He does not have 20 more than the next guy. He does not have five more than the next guy. He only has one more. But that one more makes him great. It does not take a lot to be great. It just means that you do a little bit more than the average person that you are around. It doesn't mean you have to be a god, that you have to be a beast. It just means that you're doing more than the average person that's in your circle. So why I love Tony Robbins, why I love Les Brown, why I love Bob Parker, I realized there was one thing they didn't have when I did my homework, and none of them have advanced degrees. So I said if I get an advanced degree, I put myself just... <laughs> <laughs> they all wrote books, 
They're all on YouTube. They all travel the world, but they don't have advanced degrees. And by getting one or two advanced degrees, I can separate myself from those guys. Why? Because even if I lose my career, I can be a professor at a university. I can move to Australia and become a professor at a university right here. Melbourne, I can go right to Melbourne and be a professor at a university. I'm not asking you to do a lot, but I'm asking you to that extra. Hold See, go to the next one. This is the sixth championship. Just a couple more than the next person. Just six. Just one more than the average other guy that could have been great. Now, what's so important? This guy, this guy in the, one of the greatest games, like the grand final. He's in the grand final in the NBA. He's in the grand final, and he's sick. He has the flu. He's running the temperature of 102 degrees, and he's dehydrated. This is Michael Jordan. One of the great, the, the last game. This guy is dehydrated. This guy is running a fever, but yet he's still playing the game. He still shows up. When the average player is sick, they don't show up. This guy is sick and he shows up. And in the NBA back at home, the average player scores 16 points. This guy scores 38 points with the flu. This guy scores 38 points. Dehydrated. They're calling more timeouts than ever called before. They're dragging him uh, to the sideline and they're giving him fluids. And he comes back in and scores 38 points to win his sixth championship. And so I started doing my homework and I asked. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. Hitsville. It started here 25 years ago. The sound that rocked the world. Pittsville became Motown, and Motown became a part of our lives.
Let's get y'all to fall in on that. Sign it up now.
interruption to that good old Motown music on Monday Motivation. At noon, we have Tuesday Music in the broadcast, April 30th, 2018. Monday Motivation. At noon, be motivated to positively prosper. Spirit, soul, and mind. Tune in again at 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time so you can have a chance to share the way you do it each day. Especially today on Motivation Monday. Be motivated every day if you can. Call in and share how you do it or get inspired on different ideas. 563-999-3469 is the number you call during live broadcast hours. Again, tonight at 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 563-999-3469. We are Angelia and Rob L. Reason of Northern California. When searching for us on the web, use the number, not the word. Visit us at onereasonproductions.com on the web. Thank you for logging in, checking in, tuning in, listening in, and calling in to Reason Talk Radio, the dates and times that you do. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and those who call in, and those who support us in all the ways that you do, thank you for all of us here at Reason Music Team and Reason Music Productions. OneReasonProductions.com on the web. This is Reason Talk Radio. Let's go with Queen. Be true. Oh, 
Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Sugar, Sugar. That's right, y'all, making it work, sprinkling you with some love like bosses do. You know what it do. Yo, stay tuned right here on Reason Talk Radio, where it's going down. Don't touch that dial. Keep listening for the next part of the movement. Hashtag Sugar Tea First Lady. And make sure you keep it locked right here and keep it lit on Reason Talk Radio. Peace.
fired up a new port, but I accidentally lit it backwards. For some strange reason, I had a feeling that that hood hoe bitch was sneaky. Come to find out, this bitch did lace my weed and slip me a mickey. Now I'm feeling sweaty. Eyelids getting heavy. Stomach feeling queasy. All of a sudden, now I'm sleep. Woke up naked, uh-huh. slowly regaining my memory. memory. Well, what did they find you? Around the corner from Applebee's. Over there by Costco. Yeah. Right there off the freeway. Uh-huh. Admiral Callahan Lane. Yeah. yeah, right next door to Safeway. Stripped me clean. clean. Got me fucking Gigi. Set me up. up. Stole my car keys. Yes, that's the consequences when you're selling that D. Selling that D. Next time I said I take my drink to the bathroom. Yeah. 